it'll give you the, the two and a half back. Well, what are we talking about? The king. I'm just throwing that out there just for you to, we're a little late for the vus of the world. Um, sorry, we're just coming online. And that was an amazing time that we had. We were, a revival broke out here, and I guess we'll start now. It was incredible. I know. Bring it in for next time. Let me start again at the beginning. Who can you tell your story? Um, okay, so so that that's just I, I'm just throwing that out just so that you can get that. So read the book of Mark, take notes, read it twice. But I, I think we're going to go through that book, and then there is a book uh, that we'll kind of recommend at the start of the year to kind of be a companion if you want it. Okay. So now tonight we're going to talk about the kingdom kingdom of God. It is in, in the book of Mark. We're going to just stay in the book of Mark tonight just to kind of give you guys a primer um, or a taste for it. 53 different times in the book of Mark, it says kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom's like. Here's what um, it, it king, a kingdom looks like that is ruled by God. And it's interesting because if, if and I'm going to have you answer this question in a second, but if if you were looking for a definition for the kingdom of God, Jesus doesn't give it. Instead, he tells stories. And his stories captivate you and let you know what the kingdom is like. And Chrissy's going to teach about that in a little bit and kind of walk us through this. But here's just three verses to kind of get us started about this idea of the kingdom of God. First, right at the beginning in the book of Mark, Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near, has come near. Therefore, repent and believe the good news of God. So repent means I'm going this way, and it's to turn around and go the opposite way. I've been running for God, from God, or I'm running, doing my own thing, or setting my own rules, and repenting is now I'm turning around, and I'm going the opposite way. right? I'm changing the direction of what I am, and I'm believing the good news. So Two of the things that you're going to come to meet the king is with a heart that says, you are the king, and that says, I believe that trust, you're trustworthy. And Jesus responds uh, to, to kind of a group of people, then he's going to select them, and he says these words, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. So here's the, the three things, the repent, believe, and then follow. And I would say that if you asked most Americans, what is the call of Jesus? Like, what does he want more than anything? They're always going to say, believe. Yeah, I believe in God. But the words that Jesus says far more are than follow me. It's is exactly what you've said. Your life is really showing what you believe. You know, that doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you've got it all together. Peter's about to walk on water and go blub, 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 and go down, right? And we have Peter to thank for our faith in some ways, humanly speaking. God used him. Okay, so that, here's the last one. The king has a king, kingdom. In other words, if I'm talking about the kingdom, there's got to be a king. And here, what is right at the beginning, the birth of Christ, 
This is a prophecy. He will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end, which is, of course, not a king in the sense of he lived from here to here, but a king that's reigning forever, and that gets the eternal kingdom as well. So here's the two questions to walk, talk around your table. What does the kingdom of God mean then? Okay, Jesus didn't give us a definition, but before we get to the parables, um, try to conjure up this, what do you think it means to be the kingdom in the kingdom of God and what's required to get into it? And Janet's saying we're going to just talk all amongst ourselves now. You, you see who, who is the uh, brainchild behind everything. She's the professional uh, as far as discussion and that stuff. Okay, so then what does, do you want to lead this? No, you go. Okay. Uh, what does it mean, kingdom of God? When I throw that out, what comes to your mind and what's your check? Like, oh, but it's not that, it's something like this. Fair. Um, if I was going to express where I've always, I guess what what I've kind of what I've gotten out of this class and where I would hope it would go is that I think I recognize that with belief, like you just said, there's a reactive call, mm -hmm. and that call requires an element of pursuit. Nice. But what that end result is is not as I guess it's not as important to me as mm -hmm. taking the step of like moving towards it mm -hmm. regardless of, of what it is wow. mm -hmm. and if I tie that into to my story mm -hmm. with faith I think it starts to form as a teenager in my early 20s when I graduated from college and since I was a little boy perhaps 10 or 11 only thing in my world that I wanted to do was hike the Appalachian Trail. Mm. That was it. I'm walking around in, in middle school Whoa. with you know, my L.L. Bean catalog. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm like looking at them at lunch because it is such a guiding thing. It's uh -huh. a big goal mm -hmm. and it's a long way away. Mm. And so when I graduate from college, I do it. Hmm. And I start on this wow. long journey because mm -hmm. I think it's leading me to who, to who I am, mm -hmm. to, to ultimately to discovering my identity yep. and it's my purpose. Mm. And then five and a half months later, I get there and I literally plant my flag mm -hmm. on the summit of Mount Katahdin and I have this tremendous feeling of emptiness. Oh, mm. my. It's completely over, mm -hmm. and I don't know what's beyond that. Mm. Wow. And so for me, wow. like the event horizon is perhaps understanding better the kingdom of God, because you can throw yourself at a purpose mm -hmm. and endeavor, but there's a lot of things that, and you never think that, that 2,175 miles is ever going to end, so it's problem solved. Yeah, yes. Pursue. Mm. Um, and it's one what of those a story. things I'm sitting up there in the dark, in the rain. Mm. Wow. And I'm thinking, oh 
Wow. There's something, I've, I've missed something. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, in my life. That's good. That'll preach right there. Thank so, you for sharing that, Matt. Yeah. Well, it's worse than that. I, tr- I tried it again. Mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't hard enough. That's why oh, well, I fell short. Mm. Oh. And so I went out west and tried the same thing on the Continental Divide Trail. Mm. And on the Continental Divide Trail, I started getting to know God a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But it took one of the things that I took out of this class that I would like to see mm-hmm. emphasized more. And I've, I've heard it some, but it kind of hit me here a little bit more, is reaching that point where you're willing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that to me was a big takeaway, and that's something that I got a little bit out of this and a mm-hmm. lot, you know, out of our conversations in here. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to understand that, but I want to understand that pursuit that mm-hmm. doesn't really have, like, have that end in empty. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. It's great. I, I'm reminded of this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, um, the longings that you have, if you have these deep recurring longings and somehow they don't get fulfilled here, the obvious assumption is they're fulfilled somewhere else. Like you are made for someone else. You're on a pilgrimage <clears throat> and you're not planting your flag yet. The flag's not here. The flag's going to be somewhere else and he says you know you have a longing for a good steak and there's such a thing as steak or there's such a thing as good food and nourishment you have a longing for something transcendent and you're made for for something so like that's part of i'm thinking god is speaking to you on the trail and echoing saying you know keep running keep looking for me Mm -hmm. Tom Brady said the most depressing day of his life was the day after he won the second Super Bowl. And he, he went, this is all there is? How yeah. can this be what life is about? Like, you would never think that because the sportscasters were, this is a dynasty now and he's amazing. And he's in the dark. Yeah, I worked hard and I got what I asked for. And yep. It wasn't what I expected it to be. What a good... Yeah, good. It's great. Man. Thank you for reviewing that. And Matt, one of the things I was thinking while you were talking was this, but I, it's not here now, but come <coughs> and follow. Mm. Like, it's not like this is where we're going, there's a definite, it's that thing mm. that's just, I'm just going to follow one step, one step, one step, and that keeps you really tethered mm-hmm. to God and mm. to Jesus and to the kingdom and all of those things. And so you're, you're just, there isn't this, okay, I arrived, I should feel better now. It, no, you're just, this is just the art, it's the discipline of following day after mm-hmm. day and allowing your point earlier about asking for help. Like, hey, Lord, I, what's next? I can't see, I don't know. And that is part of the Christian journey, right? It's just kind of going one step at a time, one yeah, step at a time. Good. So, you know, that, that invitation versus come and follow me. Come and follow me. I think about Matthew who just, left everything, or Peter, they just left everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't know what, to your point, they didn't know what, was, what they were being asked of. Mm-hmm. You know, they just did it. Yeah. 
Christianity is less of a destination, more of a journey. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I might I might head out 
you like in any specific behavior, you know, it's, it's okay if, if you want to stay, please, like, please feel free mm. to welcome you. And if not, then that's, that's completely fine. And I was like, okay, and I was like, he's not, he's not like selling me on something, he's not like forcing me or anything. Yeah, and so I stayed. Um, and I came back the next week mm-hmm. and I kept coming back and I started leaving Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I would, um, I would text him and say, like, Hey, can, can we get a coffee? I want to talk about, I want to talk about Joseph. And he was full of slavery. And mm-hmm. um, once he finally saw his brothers again after so many years, he forgave them. And wow. it was just like this, this whole, um, this whole just like slow understanding mm-hmm. of, um, of what the Bible is and the story that it's telling. Um, and, and, and I think I'm still, still definitely learning about who Jesus is because mm-hmm. I think growing up, like I was, I was reading a lot of the old Testament cause I won't start from the beginning. And so I see, you know, <laughs> um, uh, um, you know, Isaac, um, being sacrificed mm-hmm. or, um, <coughs> God bringing the plague on the Egyptians, um, mm. during Moses time. And so I see like, Oh, he's a very, he's a very angry God. He's, mm. he's, he's like very ready and eager to punish. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's sort of like as I'm like progressing, I realize that he's a very loving God. Mm. He, um, it's you know it's through Jesus that we find uh, salvation and yeah. through His grace. And yeah, so it's still like a learning process, um, but I feel like I've I feel like I've learned a lot mm. just in even in like the last year or two. Mm. That's awesome. That's great. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> accomplishment in your story you know it's like wow you know how he just Uh he's so creative and personal Mm -hmm. and you know again that that makes him feel very loving to me like he loves me enough to kind of weave (coughs) the all this stuff together in my life yeah Mm -hmm. I have um I've absolutely loved this class it's been really transformative. I know it's kind of something we talked about at the beginning is being transformed and not informed. Yeah. Um, I am uh, also lacking on information as I am just coming over kind of a year in faith. Um, I'm really, really new to it. And so I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything, um, which is okay because I've, I've maybe I've got plenty to learn. I'm so yeah. eager to keep going. Um, and uh, I feel like throughout my life I've been just kind of Tasting something, but it was in the background. Like it wasn't after forethought, as if I was, um, like I wasn't seeking the like seeking the accomplishment. But there was something in the back of my mind that mm. was driving me to something that I didn't know either. Um, right. And um, I met a wonderful, wonderful gal, um, and uh, she kind of she was trying to come back to faith as well. Um, mm. And uh, we both kind of encouraged each other to come to faith and um, we went we ended up going to a church in Boone where I went to school at Appalachian State and it was just in a little high school and uh, I remember being absolutely wowed by this guy's musical skills. Mm. Um, <laughs> he, he, 
keep it was, it was amazing. He played the cello, and he played the banjo, played the guitar, and Whoa. he was just singing uh, for the four you know four different worship songs. Actually, he switched instruments during one song. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's what that's what captivated. But then he gave he gave a really 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 impactful sermon about. Um, Did he preach? Yeah, and then he preached afterwards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Step was, up to the plate, Chrissy. That's not fair. This, this is a this is a congregation of um, probably about. 15, 20 folks in a high school auditorium. So it was really small. They, they invited us to come forward. And uh, it was really, really impactful. I, I can't remember what the sermon was about, but I do remember the, the parable or the story. Um, but it was about the uh, the Roman guard who uh, transformed to Catholicism. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, exact situation, but um, kind of followed in secret mm. um, as, a Roman, as a Roman guard. And um, I just kind of remember being called out as somebody who... Um, growing up in Chapel Hill, um, it's such a understanding bubble yeah. that there's actually no proximity mm. because they try and be, it's a, it's a community that tries, and this is very general speaking, and I'm not certainly not judging for there, it's a very understanding community, it's very safe, but it felt so understanding, there was actually a very firm lack in proximity um, mm. that keeps you near about everything. Um, so I never really had much of a community to even get called to um, wow. just because of proximity and uh, it took huh. kind of coming to Boone and finding this sweet, sweet gal um, who's amazing and uh, we kind of got close together and I remember this sermon and we, we both went and I was just the first one I had been to in a long, long time um, coming from a family that uh, we didn't have, they didn't have a uh, my parents don't have a spiritual bone in their body, uh, mm. good people uh, wow but yeah, they just, not even really religiosity in, in, in the slightest at all either. And uh, so I never really had, the again, the proximity to, to get close to it. Yeah. And um, I'm very new to understanding it through that. And now that I'm just kind of coming uh, coming to it through the gal that I've met, she uh, has lived in Charlotte all of her life. She moved down here um, the last year I was in Boone, or about a year ago. And then I moved here about two months. Huh. And we were coming to... Um, moved to the South Park the entire year that she was up here. And the last two months I've been coming um, as well, you know, as much as I can while I'm down here. Um, and it has truly changed my life. Mm. Uh, I uh, truly feel transformed now, especially through this class, being able to ask mm. questions and um, open up, um, allow myself to be transformed through the um, words of others, especially in the community. Um, I'd never really even, even if I were to get into it, from where I was and where, I, where I'm from, there wasn't a community to really ask questions about it either. Um, and huh. having this community uh, as a place to <coughs> be around it and be proximate mm. to it all is um, truly impactful where I can ask questions when, I, um, when I'm eager or when I'm feeling brave enough. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, also hear the questions and answers from, from those in, in the class around us and mm. the stories they have. Um, I, I feel like I'm learning so, so much, and I still have so, so much to learn. And so I'm kind of going to generalize and say thank you for just putting this class together. Mm. The fact that it's together in general is absolutely amazing. Um, I've never had a community or a group like this, and I, I've got it really <coughs> Alex, Rebecca, and I are all in a small group on Tuesdays, too, which is oh, really wow. nice. 
My week's kind of filled up with it, but the, like the, uh, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing because every you know every day I'm I'm learning and mm. and trying to trying to grow as much as I can, yeah. um, and it's nice having a community and being able to talk about it. Um, I am exceedingly dyslexic, so reading is in any capacity is uh, pretty difficult for me to understand, um, mm -hmm. and so being able to talk about it in a community where we can ask questions and 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 just share is. It's been absolutely wonderful, mm -hmm. and um, I can't wait to to keep going. And so I'll be back here. I'll be back here next spring. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. How many of y'all are awesome. in a uh, small group here? So I would I would encourage you to, you know, that's that's a good way to kind of keep mm -hmm. the things that you're learning driving deeper being understood by people and you know like having this you know for for a year or two could you imagine if we were all here for a couple of years you would really know each other's story and you'd really be able to speak into it really well mm. anyway uh chrissy i think we're segueing to you okay. and tell us a parable chris tell us a parable a about the sure. kingdom of god Explain right, the kingdom of God. Let's. Um, You're going to need this because it'll. Oh. oh okay. Because like it only says that right now. How do you? Well, you click it. There it goes. Okay. All right, guys. We're gonna um, jump into a story. Well, first of all, that was that was great. Thank you, guys, for sharing. Um, and you know, I was just think I was thinking several things, but um, the gospel really is like the intersection of each of your stories and, and the story of Jesus. And of course the gospel is what Jesus did for us, but it becomes the good news when it intersects your story. Um, and that's what I hear for each of you. And um, you know, I was thinking, you know, Matt, as you were sharing, um, you know, just, um, I actually was thinking about Tom Brady's interview on 60 Minutes, no kidding. Um, and it's what you just were describing. He's on a 60 minute segment Sorry for Patriots fans, but it was actually great where I think, yeah, it was after his second and he had remarried or he had whatever and like all the things in his life, you would just go check, check, check. And he goes, um, is this it? And is this all there is? Um, but I was thinking about some of the characters that we've met along the way in the last nine weeks and their stories and um in particular, the stories of coming and, you know, as Janet was sharing, the call of Jesus for each of them to come and follow me. And the truth is that in their life, I think for a lot of them, probably had been filled with a lot of disappointment um, and probably, I'm sure, pain. Um, for each of them, like there was a tradition where like local rabbis would come through the villages and select the best and brightest boys to come and be trained with a rabbi, basically saying, come and follow me as the rabbi. Um, and so by inference, like every one of the disciples were people that had been passed over. Um, they were not the best and the brightest. They were not the ones that were studying and doing all the things. They were just very common everyday people um, that I'm sure were filled with stories just like ours, pain, familial things. Um, achievement things, just all kinds of different things in their life that led them to an intersection where they were open to hearing that call. And 
you know, the, the good news doesn't really become good news until it intersects into your story. Um, so that's just a sacred thing to hear it, all, all your stories and look forward to more. And I would say before we jump into the text, I do think like Robbie was sharing, we're going to just take hopefully like the best of kind of some of the conversations that we had in here, but try to overlay them on top of a gospel, the gospel of Mark, which is the shortest gospel in terms of words. Um, and it's actually the most chronological gospel. Um, and so I think doing that will kind of help us to kind of have the thematic conversations that we had, but also to be journeying through an actual gospel together as well and reading together. And, and then I think having more time to do what just happened right there, um, which I think a lot of what just happened impromptu was because we've been together too, you know, so I think if you guys, I don't want to recruit, I mean, but I would say if you feel led to come back, because I think that it would bring just a culture to the next group and candidly, so I think it starts January 17th is the next um, startup on a market calendar and we go for nine weeks again until March 20th, I think, the week before um, Passion Week, Holy Week. Um, but I think like a lot of people come to church during December and January, they're starting new, like we want to make a new commitment or resolution or whatever. And I mean, my hope would be that these tables would be filled with people and stories, you know, that people trying to discover Jesus and intersecting. So it could be a lot of fun, I think, for us to be a part of that and not only grow ourselves, but also help some other folks to feel more comfortable quicker you know, to share. So. Okay, um, Okay. so um, you guys up for reading a little bit? So, okay, this is a, a, a parable in Mark 4, and um, it's called the parable of the soils. If you've heard of it, it's four different soil, soils. Jesus is teaching in a story. Um, and the parable itself is Mark 4, um, verses 1 through 9. So I don't know if anybody would be willing to... To take, take that reading. Mark 4, 1 through 9. Alex. A parable of the farmer scattering seed. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it, as he scattered it across his fields. Some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. And ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. The seed sprouted quickly because the, because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep, deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Great. Thanks, Alex. Okay, so four different types of soils. We've got them up here on the board. Um, but maybe we just take a, a few minutes and talk about just each one, and kind of, as you hear those described, um, maybe kind of share your how you would describe them in maybe a modern vernacular, you know, kind of how that would apply to your life or maybe just what you see 
um, kind of around you as people's hearts kind of intersect with um, the gospel or with Jesus, kind of how that, how that hits them. Does that make sense? So what would the path or the, the, hard, the hard heart, what would that, what were some words that you would, that you would put with that? Think about a story, and maybe in your own life or somebody that you work with or in a family, uh, in your family that maybe some words that would describe, um, like when they hear the story of the scriptures or they intersect with Jesus, kind of how they react. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. I think of a, um, I think of um, one of my old roommates. Um, he was less than full of love. Um, but he reminds me of the past. And uh, that's kind of why I felt like I didn't have too much of a community of being um, a teach. In religion, he was brought up, he would adamantly fight the idea of it. Um, and it became rather terrorist uh, ideology to his belief. And mm. um, as I grew closer and closer to God, especially after that sermon that I heard, um, we would talk about it more, and I would uh, I'd actually bring up faith and ideas of, uh, of the gospel that, that I found very important, and I'd bring them up to him, and um, he would agree with them. And, of course, I would tell him without and we would talk about these ideas and uh, pieces of the gospel without actually ever mentioning that it was from the Bible or Scripture. Mm. And um, he would he would agree and love it. And um, uh, there would be a few times where I didn't actually kind of cherry drop it at the end, like, hey, this is where it's from. Um, mm. And uh, he would take it, and um, he would talk so much about his, about his praise and how important it is to those ideas close um, and then also when I would you know share him a talk at the end kind of you know tell him where I got it from um, just as, as I had without you know dropping that information at the end he would eat it up like the birds see it for mm. you know as the seed and everything mm. and see kind of the potential in his mind of where it could go um, but there was no application of it and um, mm. it would just dissipate it would just mm-hmm. it would just dissipate for me even even from somebody who or even from him somebody who would praise these good ideas and theology he would yeah. would see it understand the capacity that it could take and um, it wouldn't go anywhere. Thanks for sharing that. What do you guys think on this one with the with the with the path or kind of the hard like what 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 do you think kind of leads to that for 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 a heart that gets hardened? Maybe have have you guys ever been at that place where you felt that way? I would say that. I mean, for me, for me specifically, I, I I remember when I was, you know, as a non-believer, like everything I always, you know, just the more I would think the questions like, "Well, if God is all omnipotent stuff, why doesn't He save people? Why doesn't He do this and type of stuff?" But I remember, for me, it was probably just. Um, you know, back in high school, I, so uh, I have a twin brother that's literally oh. 
think about a hard heart or a hard path I think about like wounds or hurt and 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 like you said needing to kind of build that tough exterior heart to, to prevent from from getting hurt yeah what, what about the the rocky ground the, the shallow the shallow heart what are some some words or, or thoughts on how do people's hearts get um, get rocky or shallow that second soil. That shallow soil, like the <clears throat> or just like very, very top level soil. You you're not really going too deep. It comes from like not finding community, mm-hmm. gaining for sure. Like so so for us like we in, in college we had this ministry where um, we had been there on every Tuesday night. Um, you know, we were Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, you, you talk 
and the idea of making it five steps to a better you, mm-hmm. not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're saying it's a way to cultivate it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's another way. I mean, I know people in my life, I'm sure you guys do too, that you've been in close proximity with for a long, long time, but you don't ever feel like you can, that you've ever had a real conversation with them, with the real them, you know, where all the, all the guards are down and you can just have a real moment. And I think it's another defense probably mechanism there's probably some wounds or story there for people that can only, you know, go so deep. How about the thorns? I, I related to this one for sure, the, the, the strangled um, heart. Um, what do you think about this one? Yeah. You feel it like I'm suffocating here because I'm I'm so fearful or I just feel like I'm gonna fail or you know, all of this stuff and what an analogy then yeah. because it's strangling your faith. Yes. Know, instead of allowing him to take you out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. The um so, spoiler alert, a little bit later on, Jesus explains the parable. And when he explains it, when he gets to this one, he says, uh, the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So that one was like, for me. What about the good soil? What about that? What 
what cultivates good soil. So, um, but to me, good soil, I mean, I don't, it, 
encourage you. Mm-hmm. This is my greatest mm-hmm. re- encouragement to you. Like, yeah. I'm in your journey and you're walking. And so I just oh, want to share that. Oh, I love that. Just for the listeners who are just, you know, allowing others to help encourage them along the way. That reminds me of, you know, like the redwoods. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the whole idea with those is what happens in the soil yeah. because their roots grow together mm-hmm. underneath and they, they, they hold on to each other yeah. underneath. And that's why they can grow so tall and strong because they, they're connected in the soil. It's great. Well, yeah, we should use that sometime. I think, I think the last thing on that, like anything about soil, like I'm not shocking like a a huge um, gardener like agrarian person but like I know you have to like till the soil you have to like you know aerate all that stuff you have to disturb it basically to get it um, prepared to receive Um, and of course there has to be rain and there has to be all the things and I do think that um, just love hearing your stories and and a lot of the stories are like rainy days you know just and hard things but I, th- I do think that God uses those, you know, to grow um, in good soil and to cultivate. God sends the rain to soften our, our hearts. You know, there's only one way for the path to become good soil. It's for a lot of rain um, to break it up and, you know, to, to be disturbed in the right ways. Um, so why do, we, why do we spend the time that we did on this? Um, final thought here. Jesus, you know, this is early on in his ministry, and he says, if you... If you if you don't, if you can't grasp this story, then none of the other stories, just what he says, are gonna are gonna make sense. You know, if you can't understand this story, you won't understand any of the stories. So, I think Robin picked this, but I think part of the reason why he picked it, and for us to close with, is do we think about discovering Jesus and following Jesus, um, continuing to cultivate good soil in our hearts for the for the Word and for the truth to take root and. And to highlight all the different ways that it can, you know, be a hardened heart or a heart that, you know, is shallow at times or that has weeds and chokes out things. I mean, but to continue to cultivate a heart that wants to hear the truth and and grow. Um, So, okay, I think, Janet, I think we'll skip the, we kind of did that. Um, Yeah. Well, I just want to, I think you guys have talked really already talked about this, but one of the things I just want to add to what Chris was saying is that, um, you know, becoming good soil is something that you continually work on. It's not something that you go, good soil, I'm done, you know, like you have to keep working on it. And so, you know, I I just want to encourage you in that to say, and there's, I I brought a book, it's over there, but um, around you know, there's some kind of basic ways that people do that through Bible study or through prayer or through talk, talk so much about fellowship and encouragement. But there's literally hundreds of ways, hundreds mm. of spiritual disciplines of how do you connect with God? You know, again, we've been talking about how personal God is with each of us and how he's designed us. And so maybe music is your thing or maybe nature like I. All I have to do is walk out into trees and I Hmm. sense the Lord, you know, like I, my soil starts getting churned up, you know? And so like, there's so many different Hmm. ways that you can connect. So if somebody puts you in a little box like this and says, Hmm. there's two ways. And if you're not doing these two ways, you know, it's just not true. 
God is so much bigger and more creative than that, and it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who taught this stuff to you when you were a little bit older? Huh? Who taught? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that we already kind of talked about mm-hmm. it. You guys did so good just walking through those. Yeah. Sorry, Janet, to jump ahead. Oh, no, but that's totally fine. And I'll, and I'll show you, just if you, if you want to look at my book, sorry, if you want to look at my book later, we, we did this for my, um, my Bible study, and it's literally, you just, and we just picked one, and we would mm-hmm. say, okay, what's this spiritual discipline, how you can connect with God? And somebody would read it, and, you know, we would just talk through it. So one of them is waiting. <laughs> waiting is a spiritual discipline. Like, how do you find God in waiting? And so this is a really great little, it's a handbook. I mean, literally, you just can, at the beginning, it talks about, um, like, what's your your desire today to find God? And so you can just literally go down the thing and go, okay, I'm going to try this one today Hmm. and see if that discipline will help you find the Lord. And it's not about reading as much as get an idea and then try to You don't read it like that. You read it like a handbook. Like you go, okay, what do I want to do today? Hmm. So, mm-hmm. I love that. Who's that? Um, Have you seen this? No. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really helpful. So we did it in my Bible study. We would just, um, every week we would have somebody pick one. They could pick whatever they wanted. We did it for a year. And um, they could pick whatever they wanted, and they would teach us what the, here's what the book says about this discipline, and then we would all practice it that week, you know. So it was a really great way of kind of seeing God through a much bigger perspective than some of the, again, like, would you go to church? Do you worship God? You know, it's like there's so many other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you find which ones really help you grow mm-hmm. the most. Yes. I like mine was books and music. Chrissy, you got four minutes to bring us home. Help us understand this nuance that the kingdom of God is not only about our part, then about moving towards people helping to impact. Yeah, yeah, great segue. <laughs> so there's there's actually three more little parables in chapter four that I'm just going to take just a second on each. Um, but as Jesus continues to story tell, he tells. Um, a story about um, a farmer growing or light um, right at the end of his actual like explanation of the four soils. He talks about, oh, I do. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Hang on. Good stuff. It's Good coming. Stuff. Okay, there you go. Here we go. Yes, perfect. Um, so there's the reference, a lamp bringing light. And this is where Jesus says, you know, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. They put it on a stand and um, talks about your light shining. And then he tells a story about a farmer, back to the agrarian um, 
kind of parable of sowing seeds and cultivating, waiting. And then a tree, this is the mustard seed, where it's, it was like one of the smallest seeds, but it becomes the largest of like the garden plants and provides a lot of shade. Um, I think you were saying Tim Keller has a great teaching about like how those, do you want to just say a word about that? Because yeah. I haven't read that. Yeah, yeah, he said that what the tree is really there for, when, when it's working rightly, is to blessing people. Mm. So like it's bringing shade to those who need uh, or, or, you know, or need a rescue or a respite or refreshment. Yeah. And he said that's what we're supposed to be. That we're supposed to be the ones who are a haven for those who are suffering, yeah. for those who feel poverty, for those who are feeling disenfranchised and left behind. This is what, when we are experiencing the kingdom of God, we are alive. You know, he's doing this in us. What so. Well, and I think this was kind of your, which I love this, kind of, like that really these three parables are ways to engage in kingdom activity in your life. You know, like the, the light being your witness, whether it's through your story at work or just, man, like you have a great work ethics and you can just tell that someone just is, there's something different about them that you're really shining your light in, in, in dark places. Um, or maybe you're the farmer that, man, you're just hanging in there with somebody in relationship. Um, and it's like, this is like, I'm planting all these seeds, but I don't see any fruit. Um, and I'm just waiting. Um, but just like being patient as a farmer to, I'm just being faithful to cultivate this soil and water and nurture this person, person because maybe there's a ton of woundedness or whatever it is that it just, it just takes, you know, and maybe that's your gift is just to go deep with people and wait and um, take walks with them and just listen and it's such a spiritual gift and way to, to, to bring the kingdom of God near to them or as Robbie said maybe it's through an act of you know bringing justice and mercy to this world you know and giving shade in a really desert place um, in a dry place um, so these are just beautiful stories I think of ways to um, out of that you know, good soil to, to bring the kingdom near to people. And just, I think the way for us to close, you know, back to, as Janet was sharing about the, the initial call, you know, of Jesus was to come follow me. And, and he continues that in another gospel where he says, you know, and I'll, I'll make you. And I, if you just stop right there, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. But if you just stop with come and follow me and I'll make you, um, and I think that's that's the journey, you know, just as as I love what Janet said of that, it's a tethering to Jesus, and we're just we're following him step by step, and he's making us um, into kingdom people. And when he says repent for the kingdom is near, the only way for people to turn—that's what the word means—and change is for the kingdom to come near to them. Um, and God wants to use us to bring the kingdom near to, to people through, you know, bringing light through our words or our actions or just being patient in relationship with them, cultivating or doing an act of justice on their behalf, um, doing good in the world um, are all ways to bring, to bring the kingdom back to what is the kingdom, um, to bring the reign of Jesus, to bring, you know, to bring people close to Jesus. Um, and to turn their hearts towards him. So I think our kind of last little little word here is 
yeah, we're on a, we're all on a journey to discover Jesus. We'll always be on a journey to discover Jesus until we're with him um, at the table in heaven. Um, but part of us discovering Jesus is helping other people in proximity to us discover Jesus. And, you know, we, we, we learn and grow and get to know the Savior, and he makes us as we follow him, and we go fish for other people, and we you know, become the kingdom of God, you know, towards them. So that's our, I know our prayer um, for, for, for all of us is that we discover Jesus more, but also that we cultivate a heart that wants people around us, um, you know, to know Jesus and then that the Lord would use us in whatever ways, whether you're a verbal person, you're kind of out front, or whether you're just a quiet, I want to just be with people in relationship, or I want to make a difference in the world, but I want to do it in the name of Jesus um, so that people turn towards him. That's a beautiful thing. So we've, this has been a joy for us, guys. Um, we've learned a lot, I know, from, from you. So thank you for sharing your time with us. And I do hope you'll come back January 17th. You'll, you'll get an email and all that stuff. But it would be great if you feel led to do it, to come back and kind of do it again. But we'll do it in a fresh way. And then it would be great for us, too, to kind of set the culture early for a lot of folks who will be coming in that just like we did the first night, kind of nervous and not knowing what to expect and helping them to, to jump in quick, right? Yep. So. And so it might be that that first night we might do something similar to what we just did yeah. and start with a story. And if we did that, you know, we, we didn't want to do it the first time in a, with a new group because really hard you don't build the trust. Yeah. But now, you know, if we have a bunch of us add a bunch of people, there could be already a consensus of, wow, this is a holy place. This is a safe place to tell your story and be vulnerable and find out what God might, you know, move you for. Yeah. So that would be great. And you have 60 days to read the book of Mark. <laughs> this is not like a paragraph that I can say. That's right. Yeah. Well, and thanks to Robbie and Janet for you guys yeah, just being so faithful. It's been great. Yeah, I'll pray for us, Lord. Lord, thank you so much for the space that has been um, these Wednesday nights together. And it's, it's really become um, a sacred space because you're, you're with us and you've been with us. You've been making yourself known to us as we, as we read the scriptures and um, we tell stories and we learn more about each other and we just are attuned to each other. Um, so thank you for each of our friends here. Thank you for their courage to be here and to, to share a part of their, their soul with us um, and to open themselves up to, um, to knowing each other and, and knowing you. Um, and I pray that the, the seeds that, um, that we have um, you know, sown here through the teachings and the readings and all the things, Lord, that it would take root in our hearts um, and that they would, they would really bear fruit um, just with our, our thoughts and our words and the way we show up um, with other people and, and the way that we love ourselves and think about ourselves too, that all of that would be a, a fruit of, of experiencing you, Jesus, and, and knowing you. So just want to bless each of our friends as they go. And as Robbie just reminded us, for the next 60 days, just guard what you've um, imparted to us and give us wisdom for next steps and um, continue to help us to, to seek after you, Jesus give you praise for this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thanks for being here.